Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson. I'm a four-time, 22-year survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm also a motivational speaker, a speaker mentor, and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. Sharon's out of town today, so today you just get me and my guest. But before I introduce her, I wanted to share a little something. Now, today was supposed to be Sharon's day to give the inspirational message. And in a roundabout way, she's actually doing that. Um, I was talking to her on text to find out how things were going, where she is. She's helping her mom, who's in the hospital. And she said, well, it's been kind of tough, but at least her brother is there, and they've had a lot of time to spend time together. And so it's the silver lining, as she called it. And, you know, I know that how important those silver linings are because, you know, we all go through difficult situations in life. Sometimes we even go through trauma. But what is the silver lining for you when you go through that? Do you think about the silver lining or the blessings? What is it that you're supposed to get? My first cancer diagnosis 22 years ago ultimately led to the creation of Breast Friends. Now, there's a story there, and I'm not going to tell it today, but but it that is kind of what ultimately led us there. My second diagnosis led me to, <clears throat> excuse me, to quit my job and focus my life in a new direction. My third diagnosis, by now I'm thinking, okay, Lord, I think I've figured out what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Why now? And it actually led me to change. There was a a situation that took place, and it led me to change a statement in my keynote presentation that probably wasn't quite as helpful as I thought it had been because somebody said it to me, and I know how it made me feel when I was going through that third time. So I changed something there, and that was kind of the silver lining in that one. And then my most recent diagnosis, which was just in September of last year, um, got me to kind of refocus my direction again. I was starting to think about pushing my keynotes into the um, corporate world and do something in sales or whatever. And that was where I was years ago. I wanted to do that. And I just didn't. Well, then I get this fourth diagnosis. And it was almost like God was just speaking to me saying, "Um, no, I don't want you to go there. You need to stay right where you are. There's enough pain and suffering in the cancer world. So, you know, (laughs) as much as I really didn't want that fourth diagnosis, it kind of got me back on track. And it reminded me of why I'm a speaker. It reminded me why we have breast friends and why I do what I do. Um, So the next time life throws you a curveball, ask yourself, what am I supposed to learn from this? And as Sharon said, embrace the silver lining. Um, Sharon, we hope you can get back here soon, but since you're not here, I want to thank you anyway for the inspirational moment. So with that, I have the distinct pleasure of introducing our wonderful guest today. Her name, and I'm not sure whether I should call you Mama Bear or Danita, you can tell me in a moment, but this is Mama Bear Danita Wheeler. She's the founder and acting manager of the Mama Bear Cancer Support. She coaches anyone during their during any part of their cancer journey in person or on the phone. She also has a weekly podcast that shares information for cancer patients, caregivers, friends, and family. And I know that Sharon's going to be a guest on her show here shortly. And with that, welcome, Danita. Or is it Mama Bear? What do you prefer? 
you know, it doesn't matter. Whatever you need to call me works for me. But I will okay. tell you that Mama Bear will get me to turn around pretty quickly. Oh, <laughs> so, well, then Mama Bear it is. <laughs> my my kids have been calling me that for, for a long, long time. And, and oh. so much so that, you know, the neighborhood kids called me that. <laughs> you know, my name is Donita. And it's oh, such, Donita. Okay. Yeah, and it's... It, and it's really such a complicated name. I love, God love my parents. They were being really creative. My real name is uh, Caledonia and Donita is a nickname, but you know, it just never quite, three syllables is a lot for, for six letters. <laughs> so, yeah, Mama Bear Caledonia. Wow. <laughs> that would be a tough one. <laughs> and I'm well, just, I think we'll just call you Mama Bear and leave it at that. So that's, that's really cool. Well, why don't you just take a minute and tell our audience a little bit about you personally, like where are you from? Tell us about your family, your hobbies, just anything. We'll keep it kind of short because we got a lot to talk about. But I want our audience to know you just a little bit. Okay. Well, I was born in Bolivia, but I was born to, um, I was born in Cochabamba, Bolivia. I was born to a Mississippian and a Nevadian. I'm probably not saying that right, but, you know, they just happened to be there. I grew up in, drumroll, the state of Texas, which you know you're from Texas that they tell you within the first two minutes of meeting you, they're from Texas. So I have <laughs> I have met the qualifications for the Texas um, guidelines, and I have mentioned that I'm from Texas in the first two minutes. So, there you go. <laughs> I am. Uh, I grew up in El Paso, uh, went to Texas A&M University, whoop, whoop, okay. and um, then lived in Dallas for about 20 years before we moved to Hollywood, Florida. And currently our house is for sale in Hollywood, Florida, if anybody would like to buy it. And we are moving to Seattle, um, Washington. Really? So, that's a long, that, you can't get kind of further away in the United States, unless maybe you went to Alaska or Hawaii, but why Seattle? Um, you know, I, um, we just went there to visit some friends and we fell in love and both of our hearts said to us, um, this is the place. And we knew we needed to. Uh, you know, my dad was from the West. My dad was from Nevada, Lake Tahoe, California area. And from the West, we kind of grew up in El Paso with that Western influence. And we've been on the East Coast for almost 15 years. And that's that's enough for us. It's time to come so, back. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. you know, my, my dad was in the military. I was born in Alaska in December, if you can imagine. My, my mom told me it was 62 degrees below zero that day. Well, um, but then I spent my young, my young years in Colorado. And then I grew up in Seattle after that. I graduated from, from high school in Seattle. And now I live in Portland. I moved here to marry my husband. We've been married for 38 years. I met 39 years ago on Sunday. And um, I... Thanks. I love the Northwest. It's, you know, I think Portland's prettier than Seattle. So you might want to rethink that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it really is lovely. The Northwest is great. It's kind of mild most of the year. We do have our occasional snow and boy, it can pour it on when it wants to, but, um, but it's really quite lovely in the Northwest. It's never super cold for very long and it's, well, when it's hot, it can get hot. It's been hot this week, but anyway, so let's move on. <laughs> um, well, now I you actually have... have, I actually have a son that lives in Seattle. So oh, well, he okay. actually lives in Auburn and, okay. um, he's there. And then my other son is moving up there. I have two sons. They both graduated college and everything. And as far as hobbies go, I enjoy art. Um, I'm going to talk about that later and, and yoga and reading, you know, things that just remove your mind completely. <laughs> That's what <Yeah>. I need. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a really good thing. And, you know, in fact, I'm, I'm actually talked about this. Um, I'll be talking about this on a show coming up. But um, I'm, I just wrote a blog post about people always say, you know, you really need to have a positive attitude to get through this. 
And that's all well and good unless you're feeling like crap. And then it's really hard to get that positive attitude. So what do you do to get a positive attitude when you don't feel like getting off the couch? Well, what you try to do is find a non-passive um, positive activity. And when you talk about, you know, reading yoga, those are art. Those are all things that kind of involve your, your mind, right? And if you can get your mind into that positive place because you're doing a positive activity, it's very quickly that the positive attitude will follow because you can't focus on sadness and joy at the same time. It's really tough, you know? It is. So, so anyway, um, all right. Well, thank you. I feel like I know you even better than I did through all of the emails that we <laughs> pulled together here. So why don't you tell us a little bit of your cancer journey? You know, what was, how many times have you had cancer? What kind of cancer? Just kind of lead us through that. Okay. Well, it started in 1998 and um, I have pre-cancerous cells on my cervix. And so, um, also in college, when I was in college, I had fibroids in my breast and basically back in 1980, whatever the doctors said, you have fibroids, just stop drinking so many diet Cokes a day, you know, just kind of try and have one or two instead of 10, which like, unfortunately was a true statement. I was a, the queen of diet Coke and, and, between 1986 and 1990, you know, I really had some good, some good drinks there, but I, um, I didn't listen to the doctor. It wasn't really that important. So in 2009, I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer and, um, it was caught by accident. It was caught, um, during an ultrasound, the girl went over something and she goes, Oh, and you know, I mean, bless her heart. She did not mean to give anything away, you know, it was just a gut reaction. Sure. And when you hear that, you know, you, you're just like, oh, okay, well, I know what that means. Um, but to go on to find out it was triple negative, you know, the very aggressive, very uh, scary. Um, but on the, on the other side of things, very nine years ago, pretty easy to treat. It's not, mm -hmm. I don't mean easy, like it was an easy thing to do. I sure. mean, easy in that it didn't involve hormones. So right. You know, and then I had, um, I've had a, an, a, two ovarian uh, cysts that were cancerous. I had my, a partial hysterectomy a couple years ago that removed one of the cysts that was cancerous. And then I just had a hysterectomy a couple months ago to remove the left side, which also had a cyst. So that wow. turned cancerous. And then you are so the, fortunate you caught that when you did because, you know, know. Yeah. Wow. Well, good. Good. Yeah. You know, and just let, just for the sake of our audience who might be listening and not knowing what triple negative means, you know, for, we all know that cancer feeds on something. There's something in your body that it's feeding on. And for most women, it's estrogen or progesterone. Um, and, and sometimes a protein called HER2. When it doesn't feed on any of those three things, they don't know what it's feeding on. And that's what makes it so darn difficult to treat because they don't know how to fix it because they don't know what, what it's feeding on. And at least with the estrogen ones, they know. Um, so they give you estrogen blockers. And if it's feeding on that protein, they give you Herceptin. But triple negative is tough. Sharon's daughter just went through triple negative breast cancer. And she's been very outspoken about it, so I can say something. Um, but yeah, that's that must have been really frightening for you to have that when you've already had the precancer cervical stuff. And yeah, what was yeah, it was it was it was a hard diagnosis. It was 
um, I was just so scared because all I kept now, again, nine years ago, you know, the information on, on the internet wasn't as prevalent as it is today. The, the support groups weren't as prevalent. The Facebook was hardly just getting started. So, you know, all of the support groups that are available today, which I'm so happy about, and I feel so grateful to the cancer community to have that to go to, but I will say it was not available. So mine was basically like almost as bad as going to the library and going to the Dewey Decimal and checking your book out. It really was like kind of that, you know, everything I read was very scary. It's going to metastasize in your brain. It's going to, you know, you know, all these horrible things. So I went on and had, um, I had, uh, four treatments of TAC. Um, six was precautionary four after number five and number six would have maxed out that a drug that the red devil that everybody uses. Yeah. It took me two times through to get to reach my max, but yeah, I had that. I know what you mean. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to max it out. So I just said, you know what? I did the four treatments, TAC all together, you know, like now I think they break it up. They do the T separately and then the A and C and, you know, just um, and I'm not saying the names because first of all, I can barely get my own name out. Second of all, they, I don't, <laughs> like they're so hard. I just know one's a red devil and the other two yep. are the T and the C. Yep. Yep. So, um, now I think they do it a little bit differently, but I had them all together. The first time I had my chemo, my port did not work. They put it through my veins. So, I have no veins. <laughs> they can't, they can't find them in me, you know? <laughs> yes. They've been well, mine have been well used. I, yeah. I will say that. Yeah. You know? But yeah. uh, I feel like the, and then I went on to have um, 29 radiation treatments in a row. You know, I didn't take break at all. And um, I had a lumpectomy. They did not clear the margins the first time, had to go back in for a second time. I think I've had 10 surgeries. So, you know, um, there, I find surgeries to be really um, tough, but we'll get to that. But I am, um, I do feel like the, the treatment that I went through with my oncologist and everything, it was hard, but it worked. And I'm cancer free from the breast cancer now almost 10 years. That's so, wonderful. and I think five years is the big mark for triple negative. Yeah. Well, congratulations on all that. And so I'm just really, really happy because you are a shining example of someone who found their silver lining, right? Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're amazing. Yes. So we're going to come up on a break here in about three minutes. So why don't we, before that happens, kind of start into the questions about surgeries and cancer, depression, kind of, those are some of the things that I know that you kind of focus on, I believe, with with the women that you work with. So why don't we, can we talk a little bit about that or maybe personally your personal surgeries or Whatever you want to talk about, kiddo. It's, okay. it's your show. It's your show today. Well, thank you. It's such an it's so nice to be on your show. Thank you for having me. Sure. I um I had so I had an ablation and my tubes tied way back, way, way after my second child. And then they they that's important because I guess the, there was a new machine that was out for that and they were in the middle of the ablation and the machine broke and they had to go get another machine and come back. And my husband was like why is this taking so long? Well, that kind of left like a a lot of scar tissue I just found out about um, with my most recent surgery. But I've noticed that, you know, I had a lumpectomy, I had the port put in and out and then the port fixed. And then I had, um, then I had the partial hysterectomy. It's called something really long. And then I had the full hysterectomy and in between there, I had 
had my tubes tied in an ablation and, you know, all of these things. And I will say that um, in the beginning, when I very first started having surgeries, uh, my dad had um, doesn't react well to um, the anesthesia. And so he let me know. He said, look, I don't really react well to that. I'm just letting you know. Well, I don't really react well to it either. So I have found that with every surgery, I'm a little smarter, a little um, more aware of things and a little bit more mentally prepared because I feel like sometimes you go into a surgery and you're not, you're so focused on what they're doing and fixing on you that you don't focus on what's later. That's true. That's true. And, And sometimes when you're new, when you're kind of the newbie in the surgery realm, you just sort of do what is quote expected. Um, but once you kind of, it's like the, like the anesthesia thing, right? You know, now with what you didn't know ahead of time, you have difficulties with it. And by knowing these things about yourself, you're able to communicate that with your doctor and then they can do things to prevent any problems, you know, knowing that. And cause I have, I have problems with it too. And, you know, I have to tell you a really quick little funny story. So I, I had this one wonderful sur- surgeon, uh, or excuse me, anesthesiologist who, came up with this great cocktail and I didn't, I had no nausea when I woke up and that was really new for me to not have any nausea whatsoever. The next time I went in for surgery, I asked them to check my record and use that same cocktail because they they always write it down. And the woman, this new anesthesiologist says, I have my own cocktails that I prefer. So I'll, I'll do what I think is best. And I woke up vomiting and I thought, Oh, so yeah. So, oh, I mean, you know, no offense, but like, we know our bodies better. Yeah. Come on, beat you beat know? your drum, right? Beat your drum. Yes. Tell them what you need. So, yes. Yeah. And I just experienced that with a friend. I took a friend to surgery and she was allergic to something. She told them ahead of time. I looked down on the chart, right as they're wheeling her off. I see it on the chart. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She can't have this. Oh no, it'll be fine. Sure enough, just like you, she came out of recovery, throwing up, just yeah. really sick. I mean, I felt bad for her and it was all preventable. Yeah, it it was. And that's a good lesson for our listeners too. You know, I, I can't, they can't get blood out of my arm, you know, or they can't do anything in my arm. So I always have to have IVs put in my hand. And one time I had surgery and they told me I was going to be in in there a long time and I was going to need two, um, two IVs. And so they got the first one in my hand while I was awake. And he said, but don't worry, we'll put the second one in when you're asleep. And I said, well, don't bother with my arm because you'll never get it in there. And he said, don't worry, you'll be asleep. We'll figure it out. I wake up several hours later, and I got three giant welts in my arm and a second IV in my hand. I mean, come on. (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to bash the healthcare industry because certainly they they have their hands full, but I'm just saying occasionally some common sense and maybe your ego. Your ego can just step aside a minute. (laughs) So, you know. That's really true. So to our listeners, when you know your body, be, be that person that just you tell them what you need, and there's really nothing wrong with that. And on that thought, we are going to go out to break, and we will pick this up on the other side, and we'll go through the next part faster. <laughs> so anyway, so stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation 
to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking with our guest, Mama Bear, Donita, Donita Wheeler. And we are going to kind of pick up on a conversation that we were almost to when we had to go out to break. And that is about depression. I know that's a really big deal. So why don't you share your experience with that mama bear and let's just kind of bring our audience in with us. Okay. Well, I, I think my depression definitely started when I was diagnosed. I think, you know, that's pretty common, um, and understandable. And, um, then I kind of, I battled it in my own way. I painted every room in the house. Um, you know, that's, you know, I you didn't and have, I have a lot. Common. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, I don't have to leave, but I'm being productive. Yeah, so, exactly. and you know, it's such, it, it's such immediate gratification also to paint a room, but, um, you know, and then, so I went on and I was depressed a little bit longer than I anticipated with the, with the di- triple negative, um, diagnosis and my treatments and things like that. But I will, I wanted to share a story about, um, with the second full hysterectomy that I had, it sent me into a deep, dark depression. And it's, um, I, I feel like it's important to bring up with the recent, um, you know, Anthony Bourdain and, uh, Kate Spade and Robin Williams. And, you know, it's being brought up that depression is a real thing and people should feel like they can safely talk about it. I live near the beach or I did at the time and I, um, was so depressed that I turned my phone off. I threw it in the back of the car. I drove my car to the beach. I had a brick, which I'm a swimmer. I was, I set a state record or city record when I was five. I'm sure somebody broke it, but you know, I'm a swimmer. Like I'm a strong swimmer and I'm a big woman. So I'm the size of an average male. I can, I can swim. I'm strong. So a brick really wasn't going to do much. It's comical now. But at the time I, you know, I got a big brick, I had some rope, I was walking down on the beach and I was going to go drown myself. 
And we're talking about, you know, somebody who has, I have a ton of friends. I have, my family is close. I love my kids. I have a good relationship. I've been married for 28 years to my husband. I same husband. I've, I've been, um, you know, I, from the outside looking from the outside, I look like everything's good and everything is good. I just had a 36 hour complete mental breakdown. And I'm sure it was having to do with the fact that they ripped out all of my, my lady parts in, you know, three hours and then sewed you back up. It's got to, it took out my ovaries, took out my hormones, did everything. So I was watching myself on the beach. Like I was watching a movie and I was watching myself walk towards the water Mm. and it wasn't, I couldn't feel myself on the beach walking. I couldn't feel, I didn't know what I was doing in my mind's eye, I was seeing myself do it. If that's, it all makes sense. It my does. point, you know, I woke up, you know, I quote unquote, woke up, realized what I was doing, went back to the car, put the brick up and went and sat at a, a Thai place on the beach and had soup and listened to out of all songs that were playing on the radio, it was air supply. And I thought, <laughs> first of all, they weren't my favorite in the eighties, but you know, like, I thought, well, this is interesting. It's all about love and air supply and finding love. And, you know, so I thought, you know, I'm just need to look for love and I don't need to, I don't need to put myself at the bottom of the ocean. I would hurt those that love me so much and I would never want to do it. It still gets me emotional today, but I feel so badly for the people who feel so hopeless in their life. And if, if one person can hear this, don't just call somebody. I told all my friends, they were furious with me. They're like, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you call me? Why? Well, you don't do what's normal when you're feeling like that. Yeah. You don't want to talk to and you withdraw from everything. So thank goodness I have a good support group and everything, but please, please, if you're depressed or you feel any, call me. My number is going to be available. It's 954-707-7072. Call somebody, but don't, don't feel like you're alone because you're not alone. There's a lot of people in this world. Yeah. You, you know, you really you really brought up a good point, too. So let me ask you something, because when you were talking about, you know, your life, you on the externally, you looked happy. And I have two two friends that have committed suicide in the last probably five years. And one of them, she looks like Julia Roberts. She had a boyfriend. She had two grown sons. And, and there, you know, you look at her and you think about her life and, and there was nothing that I could see that was wrong. Um, and then all of a sudden I hear that she killed herself and I was just in shock. So, you know, for her, if she would have reached out, I, I know an army of people would have come to her aid. But do you think that there's anything external that maybe your friends might have seen in you to let them know that you're struggling a bit? Something that we can maybe watch for when we're we're with somebody because, you know, you can't go by what they're, who would have thought Robin Williams, right? I mean, right. funny, or all Kate of that. Kate so or any of yeah, them. Yeah. So, so were there any, do you think there are any external signs that you were going through this, this time in your life, this 36 hour period? Was there anything that you put out externally? Yes. I shut off everybody. I turned okay. my phone off, which is very unlike me. I'm that one person you can, well, I think my immediate family would disagree with this comment, but typically I'm that one person you can get a hold of. So, okay. you know, like if my, everybody is in college and out until three in the morning and calling, of course, I'm not going to leave my ringer on because I don't want to do that every night. But, you know, if, if I went from my normal chatty, I'm pretty chatty on a regular basis. I I went from my normal chatty 
positive. Um, I, I really do try and be positive self too. clammed up, not talk, not answer the phone, turn everything off, not return an email, not even open anything. Oh. And I think, I think if you look for like, if you're, you know, I do, you know, when you have cancer, your brain explores everything. So you sure. go into realms that you don't normally maybe accept pre-cancer. Um, but you know, like I, I've worked with Reiki. I'm a, I, I can do Reiki. And if you can pick up on those subtleties, but you have to be really in tune to somebody and not in tune to yourself and wrapped up in the digital world. You know, yeah. you really have to be a, a, you really have to be an actual person, not a text friend or, you know, something like that. Cause you know, you can't tell how somebody feels that way, but I think so. I think if you, I think too, there should be some sort of warning when you have a surgery that they are going to take out all your, your parts. Um, and for men too, I don't know that this would be any different for them. Like, I don't really know what equivalent of a hysterectomy in a man is, and I don't want to get into that, but I'm just saying that they change everything in your body. Of course, you're going to have a reaction. (laughs) It makes, it's logical. So what could somebody have done if they had picked up on that signals? Like she's, she's cut herself off. I can't get a hold of her. What would have, what could someone have done that might've worked for you? They could have come. I mean, I'm, I'm really only in a few places. Well, you know, then my life's a little different now, but I would, I was at home, you know, and it's funny because, because one friend did kind of pick up and was actually out of town. And I, when I turned my phone back on during that time, they had tried to get a hold of me multiple times and I could see that. And it, it was kind of one of the things that helped me bring me out of my fog. Really? So, That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, with my mom or my, my, um, husband, I turned, you know, I, I, was almost, um, an actor, you know, I was on autopilot for my answers and things like that because I didn't want them to detect anything, especially my mom and my husband. So I was, and my kids, I was, I was definitely on autopilot with them, but this one friend that I I really trust this one friend and, um, she's a little bit older. She's kind of my mentor. She doesn't know that, but you know, I, she's been through everything and she kind of, she was the one that left me all those messages. So I think you have to, you know what, I, I kind of want to say to people, not, not in a flippant way, but I kind of want to say, pull your head out. You can tell when something's wrong with somebody. It's just whether you want to take the time to do that or not. That's true. And you know, that, that's, some, that's true. I mean, you can, if you know somebody well enough, you can see when there's a, a change in, in behavior or something that, you know, I know we're spending a lot of time talking about this, but I don't know in the two years we've been doing our show, I don't know that we've ever really dug deep into the, the question of depression and how to get through it. And I, so I really appreciate you kind of expanding this subject with me a little bit. It's, I mean, I, again, it's more than we planned on doing, but I really think it's important. And, and the fact, so that when you went through this little moment of yours for 36 hours, so it was kind of seeing that those messages from your friend and the attempts to call that kind of helped pull you out. And why do you think that is? Um, probably because I didn't really want to die. You don't yeah. really want to die. You know, you, you, you've, I've faced it so many times as silly as that sounds. I've faced it once or twice in a car. I was in a terrible accident in college. 
I mm. had, I've had multiple cancers, you know, it's just like death is constantly knocking at the door and, you know, I'm like, go, <laughs> like, yeah. no, not today. Not today. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of been my attitude. I mean, I didn't expect to get cancer, you know, fight cancer battles four times, but you know, you do what you got to do. And I remember one time after my first diagnosis and I went through all the chemo and stuff and I said to my son, he was, I think 15, maybe at the time I said, you know, if cancer comes back, I am. No, he wasn't. He was 13. So if my cancer comes back, I am not going to, I'm not going to treat it again. And he looked at me and he got really teary eyed and he goes, mom, don't say that. You'll do exactly what you need to do. <laughs> right. like, Aren't they the oh, best? They're the they best. are the best. You know? Yeah. And, and I don't even know what I was thinking when I said that to him. I, I think it was just having a bad day from all the chemo and all the you sure. know stuff you go through. Well, but it's not like your normal mind. So, so a quote unquote normal mind becomes a brand new thing. Yeah, that's true. That's we, so true. we are always having new minds, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> when I was just getting used to the old one, what is happening now? Yeah, so, exactly. You know, and I, I think this happens with men as well. You know, we folk, a lot of this is focused on. My, I think mine was probably hormonal, um, but you know, I feel like there's there's different times, and you know, especially for men. In the depression and they have to hold up this shield of I'm a man and I can work through anything. And, yeah. you know, even with the today's movements and uh, all those things, things are relaxing just a tad bit, but it's still true. You yeah. know, it's, it's still, the, the world is a very judgmental place. I mean, you can hide behind your comments online. You can, you can, you can tell, like one of the guys that I had on my podcast chose not to do chemo and has been treating himself with a, a um, supplements and things that he works for him, right? It works for him, but he's being Good. bashed by people who, who don't, who are mad at him for not doing chemo. Hello, it's none of your business. <laughs> so, you know, it's just kind of a, it's, it's, I think society is really becoming aware of how deep and dark and true and real depression is. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you have depression in a dark room for three years. I mean, right. depression can last for five minutes, but yeah. it can be a very powerful five minutes. And and I think we've all had moments like that. I mean, I know I certainly have where you just kind of don't want to even you just sort of melt onto your piece of furniture. You don't want to get up because you kind of feel stuck and, mm -hmm. you know, you can get numb. And, and I've had those moments like that. And I think we all have at different times. One of the things that, that really helped me, and I think maybe in a way it might have been part of that trigger for you too to pull out of it is to know that somebody cared. And there's a time when you just kind of wonder, would anybody even miss me if I was gone? And then you turn on your phone and you see that you had a friend who reached out to you several times, you know, right, to check right. on you. You know, there, there's got to be some some beauty in that to know that, wow, maybe people do care about me. Sure, and, and it's know, not an attention thing. I feel like no. some, sometimes people say, oh, you, she just needs attention. No, no, <laughs> not, just, no I want the opposite of attention. <laughs> yeah, when you're feeling depressed, that's for sure. But, you know, when I was, one of the little tips that um, somebody did for me when I went through mine the first time, I'm a pretty social person and I was working full-time at a job and I had a team of salespeople with me. You know, we worked as a, in a team environment and one of the gals went to the store and she bought all these humorous cards you know, really funny, get well, we miss you kind of blah, blah cards, you know. And she had the whole team sign every card at a little team meeting session. 
And then one about every other day, she would put a stamp on one and mail it to me. And oh. every other day, I'd go out to my mailbox, and no matter how bad I was feeling, I'd get this little card from my team telling me that they miss me. And, you know, it's so easy for us to think the world is going to go on without us in it, and how much are we going to miss, and no one's going to care, and what if they don't come to the funeral, and all this stuff, right. right? And then you go out to your mailbox, and you find out that you're missed. You know, it makes a big difference. And so to your point, if you have a friend who you think might be kind of feeling isolated, reach out, even if they don't respond right away, just reaching out to them may be that thing that pulls them back and says, wow, people do care, you know, and, and it's really, it's a really powerful feeling, I think. So uh, again, we're going to go out to break in a couple minutes. So I want to ask you really quickly, I know we're going to kind of switch gears here for a moment, but I'm not sure what you mean by this. So uh, maybe it is connected. Uh, What do you mean when you talk about education resources and sharing? What does that mean to you? That's part of my company. And that's just like the byline, like, like, so I want to be there for you. If you, you know, big bad Google, if you, if you've just gotten a diagnosis and you don't want to look up everything. Oh, please don't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, No, let somebody else who can filter through that, look it up. So, you know, they're the education resources, the podcast with all of the products that are cancer friendly products and sharing is of course, is like we're doing now. So Okay, so that, and we're going to talk a lot about your your Mama Bear coaching program here in just a a minute when we come back from break. But um, this has been a really powerful segment, and I really appreciate it. And I think I might even go online and change the description of the show to talk a little bit more about, you know, we covered depression because it's so real. And I really, I just appreciate your heart. I I adore you. (laughs) You know? It's so funny. After one of my surgeries, when I was told not to do anything like, you know, at all, and I got, I got really bored and, you know, a- after boredom can come depression. So mm-hmm. I actually, I, I cleared off my bookcase and I moved my bookshelf away from the wall and my friend came over and I'm in the middle of painting this room. And it was like, what are you doing? And I probably shouldn't have in hindsight because I think I caused damage to my surgical areas, but whatever. I, I've painted every room in my house about 18 times. We've mm-hmm. lived here a long time. Mm-hmm. So I my, husband says, he, my husband says I need, need to belong to Painters Anonymous. Yeah, there, <laughs> when, when I was first married, my husband only wanted me to paint the rooms white. And I, I protested and I said, can I just do this? If you hate it, I'll put it back. I'll paint it white if you hate it. And he goes, okay, if you promise. Well, I painted it. And he goes, okay, this looks pretty good. And they're never white. I never paint rooms white. Anyway, um, we're going to go out to break. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield. 
power of a car that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking with our guest, Mama Bear Donita Wheeler. And I have got to tell you, kiddo, we're going to have to have you back on because there's a whole other segment here, I'm pretty sure. So, Oh, I would love to. I you, love are, to. you are so fun to talk to. Um, well, why don't we, let's get right to what is Mama Bear? What is Mama, Mama Bear coaching, cancer coaching? Tell me about that. That came about when um, I was a stay-at-home mom. I was a first grade teacher and then a stay-at-home mom for 23 years. I was so lucky to be able to be with my kids and be that mama bear to the neighborhood kids and just pretty much anybody. Um, I think that teacher in me kind of takes over and organizes and gets everybody lined up and counts the kids. And, you know, I just, I really, that never died out. And teaching first grade was, was, a um, so nice. And I loved those kids, and I just took all of those feelings with me into my life as, as a mom. And then um, my kids went off to college and my husband went off to work. And I just kind of sat around and was like, no, this is not working for me. <laughs> so I was not, um, I'm not certified in um, Florida. I was only certified to teach in Texas. And I didn't feel like going to school because I got to tell you, my degree the first time was a challenge enough. So I didn't think that I needed to add on to that. I know, <laughs> I know my limitations. <laughs> and so I am. Um, I started working in a yoga studio and I met all sorts of wonderful people and the owners were great. And, you know, they really gave me a lot of autonomy to kind of, um, greet and meet and, and do things at the front desk. And I realized, you know, I really kind of have a skill at matching people up to things like this lady kind of does that. I think she would like, like that teacher. And, you know, I kind of did that as a, a school teacher as well. And I thought I've got to share with people my cancer journey. I feel like a lot of people that go through cancer feel that way, but it's because I think from the heart, you don't want anybody to suffer the way you suffered. So you've, I feel like if you share your story, then maybe you take something that that person might do and you tell them, Oh, this happened to me when, and it was not good that they won't do it. And maybe their suffering will be just the slightest bit less. And so I thought, how do I do that? How do I help people well, I thought, you know, online is very popular these days. Um, the kids seem to like my, I get a text from my son in his room, you know, when's dinner? Like, really? Well, I come <laughs> out the door and go, Hey, ma. <laughs> so, you know, I'm thinking there's, they're onto something here. So I, we just, you know, they gave me a plaque for mother's day a couple of years ago that said mama bear. And I was like, mama bear. Okay. And then, you know, it kind of, you know, went together from there. And 
I opened um, the company in 2016. I, it's a web-based company. I do have private clients in the local areas where I am. Um, and, but more so my podcast has really taken off. I'm on, um, a, a society bites radio. It's also on iHeartRadio and Spotify. It's being, but, um, what I like to do is get people on to share, to, to educate and to share their resources. Like if they use something called the can planner, um, when they were going through cancer and it was a great product, let's get on Sharon and let's have her talk about the can planner. This is actually product in person. Um, or, you know, let's get on, um, let's get on, uh, anybody that has a product, but you know how it's hard to start a small business, especially coming from a cancer. Like one of the girls that was on does scarves and she wants to put, she wants to have the scarves in every oncology office in in the United States. So she just started a company. Yeah. She just started a company and, and she passes out the pattern and lets everybody help her make the scarves. So I like to take people like that and put them on the podcast, advertise for them, get things done for them, kind of pay it forward. Mm -hmm. And, and so from that just evolved, um, me getting my life coaching certification and the cancer coaching certification and, you know, using my education background, which is very helpful in this area. And I do do coaching, but more so I really, um, it, it seems to have turned the last couple of months towards more on the podcast kind of sharing, um, at end of things. So, um, I, I love it. I, I can do it anywhere and, um, I seem to get a good response. So I feel like this is it. And like you with every diagnosis that comes along, it kind of re, um, realigns you and you're like, Oh wait, I must've gotten off path. And I don't know about you, but I seem to be the slowest learner in (laughs) the virtual universe, they're always putting me back on path. You know? Oh, I know. I hear you. You know, when I when I was diagnosed the first time, my doctor gave me a 60% chance to survive past five years, and I had just gone back to school. I was 43 years old. I was three months into trying to get my degree, oh. and when I got that diagnosis, and I thought, well, if I have five years to survive, if I really get focused on school, I might be able to get my degree by then. Well, I'm really glad they were wrong because it took me seven years <laughs> You know, right. but whatever. I I have the degree now. Yes, <laughs> so yes. When they bury me, somebody will think I was smart. If nothing else, you know. But <laughs> not sure why that right. became no. so important. But, but. I, well, because it's an accomplishment, and it, it's some. Um, it's you know, if if somebody gives you a timetable, then you know. I don't know about you, but I think we're both kind of women. That somebody says, "Well, you only have this amount of time." You're like, "Oh, the hell I do." Yeah. You wait. <laughs> like, <laughs> So there is that. And then it's also that, that non-passive activity that's positive that kind of keeps your head in a better place. Because again, you can't, you can't focus on being sad and depressed and focus on something that brings you joy at the same time. It's really tough. So you pick one or the other, right? So, um, okay. So the, the mama bear coaching is you working with individual, um, entrepreneurs basically to try to get things moving in in the right direction for them and then the podcast is one one avenue for getting the message out there or is it are they kind of unrelated don't i'm oh, still no. not clear on that oh i'm so sorry so i do a couple of things i okay. do coaching individual coaching for clients that are going through um cancer or if they're a caregiver 
or if they're, you know, a child of somebody or something. And then separate from that, I do the podcast. And on the podcast, I have a variety of shows that, you know, are educational to anybody going through cancer, maybe like a a nutritionist or an exercise person, or, um, you know, I've had science people on um, acupuncture, lymph node drainage, things like that. Kind of like what we do here on our show, because we bring on all kinds of variety of guests. So, okay, cool. Well, that helps me understand a little bit better because I wasn't really sure about all that. So, um, so tell me a little bit about your, uh, your website and where do you see your company going in the next few years? Do you have a long-term plan? Oh, um, you know, here's my thing about plans I've noticed lately. You make plans and God laughs. So that's kind of, that's, <laughs> that's, that's true. What I've, that is, my new plan is to be flexibly planned. So <laughs> I am, that's a new thing, I think. Flexibly um, planned. I like that. So yeah. I would love to see the show um, get to a point, you know, where it's, um, it, it's out there and it's helping people, not for my popularity. I don't care anything about that. I care that that one person hears that one thing and it helps them out just one little bit, you know, yeah. that's kind of what I hope. I hope that it get continues to grow, continues to get syndicated, continues to, um, help people. And that, you know, I have the ability to, um, continue to grow with it. One of the reasons the move to the Northwest actually is, um, my husband is in his field is really booming out there. So he's going to go into that area. But, um, I also know there's so much available on the West Coast as far as acceptance of online um, things related to cancer or health, or it's just a little bit more open than I've found on the West, on the East Coast. So I'm not saying anything bad about the East Coast versus the West Coast. I'm just saying that I have found in my own personalness um, that it works it seems to be more open. Like I'm, I'm having, I'm looking forward to making new relationships in, in the Pacific Northwest and, you know, getting to know people and mm-hmm. how they do things. And so I hope that it continues to grow at the, you know, at a good rate and that, you know, I can just help that one person or inspire or educate or look up something, anything that, that doesn't leave the person that's going through the cancer journey, whether it's a caregiver or an actual client, a uh, patient, or, um, you know, just a friend or a family member, whatever their journey is, as it relates to cancer, I don't want anybody to ever feel like they're alone. Everybody's got to have a mama bear in their corner. <laughs> I love so, that. You know, I love that. You know, that, that just, that just so rings true for me. And when Sharon and I started breast friends, you know, well, 18 years ago now, we, we kind of had that same, you know, we don't want anyone to go through this alone. And, and my focus was more on, on teaching the friends and family how to be that support person, because I wasn't a good support to her. She was first in our circle to go through cancer. And I did what so many women do when, when their friend gets diagnosed and they don't have a clue what to do. They say, let me know if there's anything you need. And I meant it. But I didn't know what she needed. And she said, of course, I'll, yeah, thank you. I'll let you know. Well, she never did. So I'm thinking she must be okay. And so when, when we started Breast Friends, well, she wasn't okay. But when I went through it three years later, she knew what I, what I should expect unless she did something different for me. So when we started Breast Friends four years after my diagnosis, 
that was kind of our mission was to make sure that no woman goes through cancer alone. And I wanted to do it by teaching the friends and family how to be proactively supportive. That's why I asked you that question earlier about depression. You know, what somebody could have done, what signs they could look for, and what could they do to pull you out of it? Because that's kind of where my head goes is the friends and family. And Sharon was more focused on the one-on-one connection to, you know, make sure that that one, because sometimes they don't have friends and family, quite frankly. Right. You know, right. that we're, we're kind of, we kind of become it, but, but also I, I'm also in your same court with you when you talk about that, you know, making that mark with one person. When I've been a keynote speaker at cancer events for many years and, you know, standing ovations are nice, but you don't always get them. And some, selling books afterwards is always nice, but not everyone has disposable income. But when I get a hug, it means I touched a heart. Oh. And when they line up to give me a hug, I was like, oh, I touched a lot of hearts today, you know, so oh, I, I love yes. that. That's, that's what makes, that's what makes me shine and makes, we call it the twinkle at breast friends or, you know, what, whatever it is that brings you joy in your life. So, well, I think you've got a great vision and, um, so biggest, biggest delight in having your, I'm not going to ask you about the disappointment because we don't have time and I don't want to end on that. So what's been the biggest joy in having your own company? Oh, the friends that I have met and just learning, you know, like having the the four people a month on the show, you meet those four people, you get to know their companies, you understand them, and then they become a part of your network. And that has, to me, being a stay-at-home mom made me feel like, you know, my college education was not a waste. I, um, you know, like, <laughs> thank uh, the good Lord on that. Right. right. No, I'm sure my <laughs> mom would be happy to hear that, but you know, um, it's just, it's just that, you know, sometimes you, you don't know where life is going to take you and you certainly, you, you have a mental outline. Um, but you, you just have to accept what comes along and, and understand that everything you do, I feel like everything that you do or everything that you go through is a step to reevaluating and reassessing and making sure that you're being the best you that you can be. And if you're being the best you, that does not mean that you're not, you don't have to be, you know, uh, poly positive all the time. You can, you can be down and, and, you know, kind of take a day off and it's yeah. okay. Kind of explore that moment. Well, listen, Keto, we are out of time. I got one minute left. So very quickly, how can people reach you and how can they hear your podcast? What's the most likely way? Um, I think probably iHeartRadio. You In the search bar, you just put Mama Bear Cancer Coach. Um, my website is www.mamabearcancercoach. Altogether, it's M-A-M-A, lowercase, no spaces, dot com. I'm on Twitter, Mama Bear Cancer Coach. I'm on Facebook, okay. Mama Bear Cancer Coach. Okay. I'm on LinkedIn, Perfect. Mama Bear. Perfect. <laughs> so. All right. Well, we're, we're done. I got. I just got the 30 second. I hope I just got it. Um, we will be back next week. And until then, remember, there is always hope. And we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hennepin and Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.